John, I just wouldn't let it go this offseason without the show having David Stearns, uh, who's running baseball operations for the Mets, and he's joining us today. Well, terrific job by you to get David to come on, and terrific job by David to come on, and we're in our week, and he's taking time out to talk to us, so uh, that's great, and we have a lot of questions for him beyond even Alonzo, certainly uh, what's going on with the team, are they really going to be competitive this year, uh, are they doing some more stuff, is there a DH in the works, a bullpen, a lot of questions to ask David Stearns. Yeah, hopefully quick, quick answers so we could get a lot in, David. Uh, we'll talk with David about that. John and I will talk about where we think the Mets and Yankees are this offseason. We'll play hit and error at the end if you stick with us on the show with Joel Sherman and John Heyman. John, I... I, there, there was this big rumor, I think we were part of it, that once Otani and Yamamoto got done, this market was really going to move. Uh, nope. Uh, we haven't gotten a ton of movement. Uh, some of the better players that are not those two uh, players are still out there. And our local teams have stuff to do. Uh, John, why, why don't we start with the Yankees? Not, not, nothing much has changed. Uh, they, they wanted a one-two punch this offseason. It was going to be Yamasoto. They were going to get uh, Juan Soto, and then hopefully they were going to sign uh, Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Uh, the Dodgers signed him. The Yankees are now flailing around looking for uh, a, a, at least one, and I actually still think they need two starting pitchers plus a reliever to justify the trade of Soto. What do you think about where they are? Yeah, I agree with you. I think they absolutely need two pitchers because look what happened. Look what they traded. I mean, they, they gave up a lot of their depth, right? I mean, King... Brito, Vasquez, they were not that bad last year. In fact, King was very good. Severino is gone. I know he was injury prone, uh, good when he was pitching for the most part, but injury prone. Uh, I feel like they need two starters. Uh, there are still are good starters available. I Looking at the MLB trade rumors list of 50, I believe it's almost exactly half the guys are still left, half of the top 25 players still on board on January 10th as we do this. That is incredible. Yankees are in play for, uh, obviously, Snell for Montgomery and now for Stroman. So, uh, you know, I think they're suggesting they'll get one of those three, they think. Uh, you know, the starting pitching market in terms of the trades uh, still not happening. Uh, I don't think Burns is getting traded. Uh, Cease seems to have slowed down. They may wait till the deadline on that one. Uh, Bieber, I hear they are working on it, so may, that's another possibility. So there's still guys out there to get, uh, and they need to get at least one, probably two. Yeah, look, uh, maybe one of the Marlin pitchers will be traded right. uh, this, this offseason as well. Uh, John, I think it behooves all of those teams that have starters to trade, except for maybe Cleveland, because they probably want out of Bieber. But certainly the White Sox would cease who they control through 2025 – to wait out this market and see as these teams are playing musical chairs, who's left without one, uh, you know, with everything the Dodgers have done this offseason, you know, Walker Bueller didn't pitch last year, hasn't pitched in 18 months. How many innings can he give? Tyler Glassow pitches his uh, high last year, 120 innings. Yamamoto's never pitched here. Does he need a six starter? You know, Bobby Miller, Sheehan, no full season yet for them. They kind of, with everything the Dodgers did, and I know they'll always figure out a way. Last year was supposed to be a step back, right. and they won 100 games. So I figure the, this year's team's going to do right. it. Plus, you know, I think the Padres are taking a step back. I do like the Diamondbacks, but that's maybe 90 win Diamondbacks. 
So, but I still think the Dodgers have to find a way to eat more innings out of the rotation. So I think they're in it for Cease and a few others. Why don't we drill down just because the newest kind of name associated with the Yankees was somebody we probably assumed this whole offseason wouldn't end up with the Yankees. And that's Marcus right. Stroman because uh, before he got traded to the Mets, the Yankees weren't going to trade for him. And Brian Cashman, among other things, said he'd probably pitch out of our bullpen in the postseason. And Stroman as we know, who doesn't handle what he perceives as slights well, spent the next few years going after Brian Cashman on Twitter. <laughs> he has such, uh, you know, like he's probably as desperate as the Yankees right now. Right. He's cleansed up his uh, <laughs> his social media to purge all of that. Right. John, I look at it like this. Is the Yankees used to believe a little more in character than they do now. Uh, but if they believed in character, we wouldn't have gotten Josh Donaldson's first year, much less his second year or Alex Verdugo, or Carlos Rodon, but <laughs> here we are. And so maybe they're desperate enough, and Brian Cashman and uh, Marcus Stroman will come out hand-in-hand hand talking about how much they actually like each other. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not ruling it out. Uh, look, uh, Donaldson and, and Cole had an issue before they acquired Donaldson, right? And I mean, Cole's one of their two key players, right? And they still acquired Donaldson. Uh, certainly, uh, Cashman uh, can get over that, and... Uh, Strowman certainly seems to be in play. I think there are two or three other teams in play for Strowman, but I mean, are they going to rush in now? I, I'm with you. They need two guys. So it wouldn't bother me if they st- sign Strowman as long as it doesn't preclude something bigger than Strowman, whether it be the trade guys or Montgomery or, or Snell. But I mean, if they, they sign Strowman and that's it, uh, that rotation is, and I like, I think Strowman's a good pitcher, but they, they've taken a step back. Yeah, you know, Strowman has been a very consistent pitcher. You know, like there are probably are because of his size, some durability stuff as he's moved forward towards his mid-30s. He was he was one of the five, ten best starting pitchers in baseball for half a season last year. And then injury set in and he wasn't the same thing. He turned down, I believe it was a $21 million uh, player option for 2024. So we assume either in one year or in multiple years. Uh, he's going to get more than that money. I would assume he's looking at at least a two or three year contract if he uh, signs anywhere. Uh, I would assume there's still enough need for pitching in the marketplace that he could find at least two years someplace, maybe maybe in the Bronx. And John, again, I'm just it's reiterating it. Think about the Yankee rotation. You got Garrett Cole, who's a sure thing. You know, if they don't trade Michael King. I actually think you can make an argument in both stuff and temperament. He's their number two starter going into the season, right? Like, like what shape is Cortez in? What shape is Rodon in both physically and mentally? You know, do you believe in Clark Schmidt? So like they kind of traded a guy who was going to have an important role plus more pitching depth, which they've traded a lot of these last few years. And to me, Clark Schmidt needs to be the number six starter and who will pitch plenty with everything that's going on. And that gets back to, you don't need one. Like it's got to be Stroman and Bieber, Stroman and C, Stroman and Montgomery, or, you know, not even Stroman, Bieber and Montgomery. I feel they need two to justify the Soto trade. Yeah. I mean, Bieber and Montgomery would be terrific. And there are questions on Bieber. I mean, Montgomery is a hot name right now. And I, it doesn't feel like the Yankees have a great chance. They certainly do like him. Of course, they had a little issue, small, very small issue when he left. He said some things. He was doing better in St. Louis. He felt better about them. Then he went to Texas, did even better. I mean, he just has a, he has a really good market, whether it's San Francisco, the Angels, maybe uh, Boston, Philly. Um, I don't think it's going to be the Mets now, but 
uh, Tubbs maybe. Uh, Montgomery feels like he has a great market. Snell's market's a little quieter. We're not exactly sure, but I mean, two-time Cy Young winner. We got to figure someone's going to be out there lurking for for uh, somebody uh, like that. So uh, not going to be easy on any of these guys, but there are a lot of guys out there. They do need to do stuff. I'm with you. A lot of questions with Cortez, certainly with Rodon, who was not only injured, he was frankly terrible. You predicted that correctly uh, a year ago. Uh, he wasn't good. So a lot of questions there. And uh, I mean, they do look like they have a good team and an improved team. I think they were better than an 82 win team last year. Soto certainly does help, but the pitching isn't good enough and they better do something. Yeah. Um, John, on the, on the subject of, uh, of pitching, uh, the Mets did a little more this week. Also, they brought in Sean Manaya after bringing in Luis Severino and Adrian Hauser. It kind of gives them five starters with Quintana and, um, uh, why, why am I about Senga coming back who pitched so well for them uh, last year? They still have work to do. Uh, and, you know, I think they're going to sign at least one or two relievers. I wrote earlier this week that I think payroll is an issue this year. I think they're going to contain it. I would suspect, you know, it's contain it to a hundred million over the first luxury tax number. So, you know, <laughs> if that's the case, that would be yeah. a $337 million uh, payroll part I mean, of the problem for the Mets is they have over seventy million dollars in dead money. Where, where do you, what do you think of the off season so far? And, uh, why don't we start that before we talk about where they navigate next? Because we do have David Stearns coming up uh, after we, you and I speak a little here, and we'll ask him all these questions. What, what do you think of the off season to date? Well, certainly there are payroll considerations. The only team that didn't have payroll considerations was the two thousand and twenty three Mets, and that, that obviously didn't turn out well. I mean, I don't blame Steve Cohen for having payroll considerations at this point. He paid close to $101 million in tax last year. I mean, obviously, he's probably got $20 billion. I don't know. We've lost count at this point. The market is way up over the last year, so maybe it was $25 billion. I don't know. But, I mean, no one wants to spend $100 million in tax to win 75 games. So they don't want to repeat that. Um, so I, I get it. And, you know, they, they basically signaled to us. They told Scherzer that they were just going to try to be competitive this year, that they're, you know, not really going all out. I mean, so it doesn't look good that right now as things stand, and I don't know whether AP had this or maybe uh, Tots, uh, their payroll looks like it's going to be like $320 million, $10 million more than the Dodgers. That doesn't, that's not great, but I mean, it does say that he still spent. I mean, it doesn't look like the team is worth it. Um, you know, I like their moves uh, for a team that's trying to do with, you know, not trying to, be a world beater this year. I mean, I think Hauser trade was a good one. Um, you know, Severino obviously has a nice upside. Manaya was very good at the end of last year. I think they do have decent starting pitching depth now. They're, I think their defense has improved now with Bader. Uh, but, I mean, it does not look to me like a, I mean, you could say competitive, but it doesn't look like a contending team. I don't know. Is competitive different than contending? I don't know. Where where do you stand? I, I think they could be competitive, but to me, they don't look like a contender unless they do something more. And it, it doesn't feel like they're doing much more. We'll yeah, see. You know, because we get Stearns on, we'll learn, hopefully learn something about how much more they're going to do. But the way things have gone so far, I mean, we're not expecting them to suddenly sign Jordan Montgomery or something like that, right? So, you know, to me, they, they have a chance to be competitive, but I, I don't see how they can contend on that division. Yeah. So uh, two two things. Let, let me just real quickly on the payroll. 
I think part of it, you have to acknowledge, there's about $70 million in dead money. Uh, Scherzer, Verlander, James McCann, Thomas Neal. So that, that that eats up a lot of the payroll. If Verlander doesn't pitch 140 innings this year, they have currently no dead money starting in 2025. It's kind of why they're arcing towards 2025. And now there's a lot of dead money because they acquired players they hope would be part of the 2025 team in trades for Verlander and Scherzer. So that's part of it. You know, the the contending, it's like command and control, right? Uh, competitive and contending. Like, what what do you think of it? The, the, the Diamondbacks won 84 games last year and got to the World Series. I think the question is, do you think the Mets are good enough to get to a number, to get to the playoffs and then take a shot? Or station number one to me, are they good enough to get to July 15th and be buyers instead of sellers? Because I think one of the things they've done with their team, John, is they put themselves in position to be sellers if they have to, right? Like if Severino's having a good year or Manaya's having a good year or Quintana's having a good year, or I hate to say it out loud, it will cause riots in the street. Alonzo's having a good year and they're not in it and they want to trade one or a bunch of those guys to again play for 2025. They can. On the other hand, they have built up their farm system. And to the point where suddenly if they're seven, eight, 10 games over in July, they can address issues. And I think that's the idea of this team, that it gives them maneuverability in July. Yeah, I mean, it looks like they're pretty nimble uh, in terms of that. I don't know, does the dead money, does Escobar uh, count as dead money? I don't know, Nito's not much dead money, right? Because he it's may mainly actually, Verlander and Scherzer. Right. That's the big thing, right? I mean, you and, know, and McCann's about ten million, and Nar- Narvaez may end up being some dead money too if they trade him. Right. Um, it's a lot of dead money. It's a lot of tax. He spent big. No one can accuse him of being cheap. But as far as the team goes, right now on paper, I mean, I do think they should have won more than seventy-five games with the team that they had, and you know. But I mean, are they better? Are they a better team now than they were? I'm not sure that they, 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 well, they the may question... be more strategic and more nimble or something like that, but I'm not sure they're better. They do have, obviously, they've got a great shortstop. They've got a great first baseman. Nimmo's great. Uh, Asenga was fantastic. I mean, we, 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 I think we've they all get Edwin like Diaz that. back. That should Diaz be a big deal, back, right? Yeah. Like, you know, so they definitely uh, have some pieces. So, yeah, I mean, I think Alvarez is going to, I, you know, maybe I'll be wrong about this, uh, but I do think Alvarez has growth. Uh, like I thought he was a very good rookie last year on both sides of the ball. And I think there's growth there. You know, if he becomes a star, we're talking about like five or six star level players that doesn't guarantee you anything, but it's easier. We certainly saw in Milwaukee Stern's ability to cobble together using math or whatever he did a team that won. Now that is in the NL central where maybe right. the competition level is a little different. Mm-hmm. But until one of the things I like about Stearns, I wrote about this earlier this week, John, is he's kind of done exactly what he said he was going to do. Right. Now we'll see, it, right. is, is he, you know, like including, we're not trading Alonzo. He's going to be our first baseman to open the season. What happens next? Who knows? I, I, why don't we close the segment by at least talking about Alonzo? Because it's, yeah, uh, go ahead, John, you want to say something? That's what I was going to talk about. Anyway. You, so you let, brought it up. So, yeah. I mean, we, we have to talk about Alonzo, obviously. I, I don't think they're going to trade him at the deadline. We, we, we certainly will see. But, I mean, to me, this is like an Aaron Judge situation where you play it out with him. There was no way they were ever trading Judge, even if they were in the race. Of course, Yankees are always, almost always in the race. Uh, I, I don't see trading Alonzo, I, I, you know, to a half year of a slugger, it's not worth it. You know, give themselves a play. And I, who has the stomach to do that? I don't, I wouldn't, you know, maybe there's some strategy to it. And obviously he, 
traded Hater when nobody expected him to with more than a, more than a half year to go. And, you know, he obviously took some bullets for that in Milwaukee. Uh, I can't imagine anybody can trade Alonzo. You've got to at least play it out with Alonzo. And I, I do think that, you know, even if they don't think Alonzo's as great as maybe somebody else, I mean, Steve Cohen's the owner, right? Is he really going to let him go? I, I'm, I say a trade very unlikely, and I, I think ultimately they have a good chance to keep him long term. Yeah, look, I I'm with you, John. Is uh, I would put it at no better than one in four, twenty five percent chance that they trade him in July, even if they're non contenders. I'm not talking about it in general. I think they'll think about it. We're seeing in this marketplace, there's not a lot of great bats to be had. And if you put them on the marketplace, can you get a top 25 prospect for the for for half a season or for a couple of months in the postseason? I don't know, but they I think they'll think about it if they're they're not in it. But I think you hit the key thing. I wrote it earlier this week. You just said it. I just think this is Aaron Judge, too. It's the homegrown great slugger, really well liked by the, the fan base. The one difference is, you know, the Yankees tried once again in spring training that year to get Judge signed. Well, you know, Paige Odell was the agent. Like, Scott Boris is the agent here. The the Mets probably have a very good idea of what number it has to be around to even begin to dabble in this. So I'm not sure even around his arbitration or spring training, will right. they take another shot? Maybe. Would they take a shot around midseason if they thought they were going to trade him? Like, take one more shot, say, Scott, like, we're really going to put him on the marketplace? Maybe. But I think the majority of Scott's clients end up going to free agency, especially guys at this level, to see what the market bears. So I think that's kind of where we're yeah. heading here. He's going to be a Met, and he's going to make it to free agency. That's what I think. I, I just don't see them trading him. They would take uh, big guts to do that. Maybe they have more than anybody else. I don't know. But I, I just don't see that. The fans just would not react well to that. He does have an extra value to this team. He is homegrown. He is beloved. He is great in the clubhouse. He is also a guy who stays healthy. And even if he's not healthy, he gets on the field. Remember last year, he was supposed to be out six weeks. He was out 10 days right around the All-Star break. I mean, you know, I don't think they can sign him now. I think they understand that. It's a much higher level than they were looking at, uh, you know, several months ago when they made an attempt, which I thought think they were probably thinking about Freddie Freeman in the 162. I mean, it's kind of have to begin with a two at this point, at least, uh, I'm sure. I mean, I, I don't think it's going to begin with a three, but uh, certainly not beginning with a one. We know, we, we know that at this point. So, uh, you know, they're going to have to uh, figure it out, And but I think it's going to be after the year, and I, I think they will figure it out. Yeah, maybe he'll hit 62 homers like Judge and we'll begin with a three. You never, we wouldn't have said the Judge was going to begin with a three, no, I think, at that, a year no. beforehand. Judge is a better all around player. Yes, I mean, we yes. have to be fair about it. Yes. Judge is, the, you know, and one a bigger of the best star two, nationally, also. Right. He's one of the two or three best players in baseball, right? I mean, you know, MVP, uh, terrific uh, speed, incredible in the field. Uh, Clearly Alonso, the leader of the team. Yeah, right. I mean, I, I do think Alonzo is great in the clubhouse. I do think he stays healthy. I do think he's, you know, he's in more home runs than anybody since he's come in the league. He is fantastic. I'm not denigrating him in any way. He's not Aaron Judge, to be fair. Well, we'll definitely ask uh, David Stearns about Pete Alonzo, where they are this offseason, what they're doing moving forward, their playoff chances more, if you stick with us on the show with Joel Sherman and John Heyman. We're so pleased uh, 
David Stearns, president of baseball operations in the New York Mets, is joining us on the show uh, later today. I know this is Evergreen. He's announcing officially Luis Severino, Harrison Bader. Uh, they're doing a tele-Zoom conference with reporters. I might join that one, David, ask you some more questions. But I'm, I'm going to be a gracious guest here. Do you want hardballs right from the beginning or you want me to do so? Like, where, where do you want me to go, David? It's 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 your show, Joel. Your, your okay. guy's show. I'm gonna, you, I'm, you decide. You decide how you want to how you want to play. I kind of have a rep. So let's start. Why don't we start with Pete Alonso? Since there's like incredible angst among Met fans about what is going on with him. John and I have spoken about this quite a bit. Uh, we, I think we've written about it. it. Feels very Aaron Judgey to us. Uh, kind kind of situation. You've been up to this point, a man of your words. You said he was going to start the season as your first baseman. It sure looks like that. What do you want to tell the Met fans about what the future 2024 and beyond holds for Pete Alonso? Well, certainly the, the future for 2024 is he's our everyday first baseman. He's one of the best power hitters in baseball. We're really fortunate to have him, and, and we love that he's a Met. Um, he's been a Met for a long time. He's a homegrown player. Uh, he he cares about our our organization. Clearly, our fan base and our organization cares about him. Um, and, and look, we'd love to keep that going for a long time. Um, that's that's clear. He's a really good player. Um, we like really good players. Um, we also understand that as players approach free agency, um, that that there's often a desire to test free agency, and it's really tough to line up on these types of deals in the last year of a player's. Um, team control in the last year of arbitration. So um, that's how I expect this uh, to, to play out. We're, we're not going to talk about contract negotiations publicly. Um, uh, that's sort of my philosophy. I think it's it's much cleaner um, and, and easier uh, to keep these things behind closed doors. Um, and, and we'll see where it heads. Um, I can't predict the future, um, but I'm pretty darn confident he's going to be our first baseman on opening day, and I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, you said that, and uh, certainly have proven uh, true to your word there. Uh, how, how about now? You've made uh, some gutsy trades in Milwaukee. Uh, Milwaukee, uh, you know, reacted poorly to one of them. Uh, New York, you know, is uh, even a little bit tougher than Milwaukee. Uh, is there any scenario where you could see trading him at the deadline? A deadline's a long way away, John. I'm 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 worried about you know what we got going on today, tomorrow, and the next day. So. I'm not thinking about the deadline at all right now. I'm focused uh, on putting together um, a team that's going to compete this year, a team uh, that's going to be exciting for all of us to watch. Very slippery there, David. You would not say he's going to be your first baseman for the entire season. Uh, so let's talk about that team you've uh, you've put together. You're putting together. How close has this followed your 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 idea of what this offseason was going to be? You've essentially done one and or two year deals. Uh, you've really seemed to emphasize a little speed and especially defense with your position group, tried to build up the depth of the rotation. So far, very secondary kind of arms in the bullpen. How close is this to what you imagined it was going to be? I, th- I think at the front end of any offseason, you plot out various paths and, and you never really know exactly how um, various player acquisition streams are going to shake out. You never really know. Um, what trades may or may not be available, um, what free agents uh, are accessible, who want to come to New York, uh, where you're going to line up on. I, I think this was a path that we had um, we had lined up. I, I think um, 
I've been pretty explicit from the start that I thought we needed to um, get better defensively. Um, I wanted to focus on our run prevention group. Uh, and that's a that's a combination of position players and pitchers. And so I'm pleased that we've done that. Um, and, and I think we are a better defensive team today than we were a couple of months ago. Um, I think we've improved our pitching uh, and certainly given ourselves many more options uh, than we had a couple of months ago. So, um, look, I, I think I think we've gotten better and I think we're putting together a team um, that's going to have the ability to compete in, in a really tough division. Yeah, I mean, I like uh, some of your individual moves. Uh, Bader certainly helps improve the defense. Severino has a big upside. Manaya finished strong last year. Um, certainly that Milwaukee trade, I think that was excellent. Uh, the depth is better. But, it, you know, before you got here, they suggested you were going to be competitive this year. Uh, people from the outside looking in, including myself, would wonder how you could be competitive with Philadelphia and Atlanta uh, is this team competitive in that division or just competitive generally? I mean, it's, could this be a playoff team the way it is? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so. I think we're, we're putting together a team um, that we expect to compete for a playoff spot. Uh, that's, that's what um, I expressed in my opening press conference. Um, it's what I believe uh, we're doing, and, and it remains our goal. We're going to go into every single year um, with the expectations of um, competing for and being in the playoffs, um, we're, we're not we're not going into any season um, with anything less than that, um, and and so that is certainly where we are right now. David, I wonder if we could just drill down on the starting pitching. It's the area that you've most addressed, at least uh, financially, uh, so far this off season. Um, you know, with uh, Severino, Hauser, and Manaya. I wonder what you think that group brings to you. And is this it for your starting pitching? Is the depth essentially McGill, Peterson when he comes back, Buto, some of the prospects there to getting closer and closer? Or are you still in the market where you would do something large or even medium to address this? So I'll start with the first part of the question and the guys that we brought in. I think they're all a little bit different um, in terms of sort of where they've progressed to, to where they are currently um in their in their careers we'll, we'll just go in the sequential order of how we've acquired them and we can start with Sevy. um look th this is a guy who was one of the best stars in baseball not too long ago and some of the ingredients that made him one of the best stars in baseball uh still exist and so we don't think we're too far away from recapturing um some significant upside there certainly it's, it's not a certainty um we recognize that uh but i think it, we're, we're at an interesting intersection of both players' career, um, where I think he's very motivated and is taking his preparation and his offseason work very seriously, um, and uh, and sort of our situation where we have the ability to take an upside play like this. Um, so that so that's Seve. in terms of Adrian Hauser, um, he's a pitcher I uh, am, am clearly familiar with from my time in Milwaukee. Um, he he's a very steady guy. Um, he'll take the ball for us, uh, and, and he puts up competitive starts. Um, he's going to get us into the middle innings. Um, he's going to keep us in games, uh, and, and he'll serve as a, a stabilizing force um, for our rotation. And then most recently with Sean Manaya, um, really a, a very different path than the other two. This, this is a, a pitcher who's now been well-documented, um, whose stuff um, and, and the way he goes about attacking hitters um, really changed over the course of, of last year. And he introduced a new pitch into his arsenal. 
um, that, that we think uh, has and will continue to play very well. Uh, so you combine that and we're excited um, with where our, our rotation is today. Uh, we never stop looking. Um, we're, we're, we're certainly not going to um, just check a box and saying we've got the rotation figured out. Let's move on. We're, we're always looking to get better. Um, we're always looking to add pieces. We all know uh, you can never have too much starting pitching. Um, so if there's an opportunity that presents itself for us and, and, and we think it makes us better, we'll certainly pursue it. If, if I could just quickly follow on it is if everything went perfect for Manaya and he had a good year, he'll almost certainly opt out of his contract. Quintana, Hauser, and Severino are free agents. How much is this putting you behind the eight ball a little bit that you could be back in this pool again a year from now having to remake pretty much your whole rotation? Well, I think a year from now is a long time away. And so we have no idea what occurs between now and then. And I think one of the things we're really excited about and, and we want to see play out is how some of our pitching prospects at double A AA and triple A um, continue to develop. And, and we're at a spot with our organization that we have to give young players um, chances. We, we can't block out uh, young players. It's true on the position player side um, and the pitching side. Um, we need to give them room for development. We need to give them uh, space to continue their ascent to the major leagues. Um, and I expect we're going to see that this year, um, just through the natural attrition of starting pitching. I, I think we're going to see some of our younger pitchers uh, make their way to the big leagues and we'll be a lot more informed about them a year from now than we are right now. You know, I wanted to ask you what else is on the agenda for this winter? Obviously, you've made a lot of moves. Uh, it feels like, at least from a distance from the outside, that maybe bullpen is something that's obvious to get done, maybe a lefty. Uh, and also, uh, is there a need or a want uh, in terms of a DH? I mean, I can make a case for J.D. Martinez as a guy who hits behind Alonzo, which has been a need for the team, or Justin Turner, frankly, as a guy who could play some third base if it turned out that you needed a need there. If you needed somebody there, uh, maybe you're confident that Beatty is good uh, to go and will be very good this year. But uh, where are you looking at right now? Bullpen, DH possibly, anything else? Look, I, I think we're going to continue to explore all areas of our team and and, and try to get better. Um, sure, that the pen is an area uh, where we could probably add um, to as, as we look at it right now. Um, that's also an area where uh, you can make uh, changes, alterations in season pretty easily. If we look at some of the best bullpens in baseball every single year, they're often changing fairly regularly over the course of the year. Um, and they look very different often in August and September than they might in April and May. Um, so bullpens are, are sort of evolving creatures over the, over the course of the season. And, and so I'm, I'm, you know, I, I'm conscious of let's make sure we've got a solid group on opening day. Um, but the work doesn't stop then. It, it, it continues to, to move. And uh, I'm certain that there will be in-season acquisitions of a variety of types uh, across our roster. And in terms of, you know, other spaces. Um, I, I'm not going to close the door on anything. Um, I'll also go back to what I said previously, which is we got to make sure we give some of our young players um, some space to play. Uh, it doesn't have to be on opening day, um, but but we're we're going to be cognizant of ensuring that a year from now um, we know a lot more about our younger players 
um, and we have uh, a greater degree of confidence in their ability to really um, impact the major league team. And, and that's an important part of our of our 2024. I wonder uh maybe in this city, as opposed to the one you were working in previously in Milwaukee, if you could take us, I, I'll, I'll use the DH1 as the example. It feels like you probably want to find out a lot about specifically Mark Vientos, if he's a big league hitter who can impact the ball, but maybe DJ Stewart, maybe Brett Beatty with the DH situation. When you're weighing, to John's point, J.D. Martinez or Justin Turner might be worth an extra couple of wins this year on certainty as we're sitting here today. As you're weighing in this marketplace, looking big picture in an issue like that, as opposed to, I got to find out what I have here this year so that we can really launch in 2025. Yeah. So look, this is, this is, these are really good questions and we debate them all the time internally as well. And, and there's no straightforward set in stone answer to anything like that. It's, it's often very circumstantial. Um, it's where you are in um, you know, your organizational life cycle. It's where the young players are um, in their development. Um, and so there are going to be times uh, where we probably put together rosters where there isn't that natural space um, for, for young players um, just reaching the major league level. Um, but we're in a spot right now where it's pretty important for us. And, and, and in my estimation, it's the right thing to do. Um, if we look at the best organizations, the organizations that consistently compete at a very high level, um, they have the ability uh, to um, really assimilate younger players into their teams pretty regularly. Um, and, and that is something we are going to have to get accustomed doing here while competing. You, you can do both. You can get major league play. You can get younger players comfortable, confident and productive at the major league level. Um, and win games consistently. Uh, and candidly, that's that's kind of a requirement. You, you have to be able to do that. Uh, and that's one of the things we're going to try to do this year. You know, I haven't talked to you since the Yamamoto signed with the Dodgers. Um, so I wanted to ask, I mean, there were rumors early on that he wanted to be at the West Coast. We, don't, we still don't know if that's actually accurate or maybe the Dodgers did or said something during the process. We don't know. Uh, we do know that the Yankees felt pretty confident during the process. You you guys didn't say anything during the process. You just made your offers, and he ended up going to the Dodgers. Did, did you feel – I mean, you, you put in an incredible effort to go out to Japan, to have him over to Steve Cohn's house. Uh, you made a huge offer. Uh, it would have been, a, you know, a record uh, in terms of uh, sal uh, salary, uh, total dollars for any pitcher. Um, how disappointing was that? And did you feel at some point that you you maybe did want to did prefer the Dodgers, or did you or did you feel like the Yankees, where you thought you had a good shot at it? I think as, as you go through any of these processes, there are ebbs and flows, and at times you're maybe a little bit more optimistic, and at times um, you're not. And so I think that was consistent with how this went. There were times uh, where probably felt like we had a good shot, and there were times where. Uh, maybe it became a little bit more evident that the preferences, um, the player preferences were, were just elsewhere. But uh, look, th this was a very unique player um, to have uh, on the free agent market. Um, I, I think we did everything we could uh, to to um, show him that uh, we, we took his free agency very seriously. We took the pursuit very seriously. And that was the right thing to do, regardless of what the outcome was. Um, and we're going to have future free agent pursuits that 
uh, we pursue vigorously. And and some of those guys we're going to be able to bring and and make them Mets. And, and some of them are going to prefer to go elsewhere. That That is the reality um, with fishing at the top end and the premium side of, of free agency um, is there are often um, multiple suitors in attractive locations. Um, it is often the case that the dollars uh, end up pretty similar. Um, and, uh, and so you're, you're, you're working on, on a lot of times non-financial, um, preferences of players. Um, and sometimes we're going to line up there and, and, and sometimes we may not. Um, but, but I think we put a really good effort. I think Steve demonstrated once again, uh, he he's willing, um, really to stop at nothing to demonstrate to players that he wants to win here, um, and that he wants to bring them here. Um, and so it was, it was good for us as an organization, uh, uh, to go through it. I'm sure disappointed we didn't get him, um, but we'll move on and, and continue to build our team and our organization. Since you mentioned Steve Cohn, uh, you did, you, you had interesting starter kit, right? As an assistant, you work for Jim Crane as uh, the guy running baseball operations, Mark Adonazio. I don't think they're going to be at the top of the list of easiest people in the baseball to work for. There were clearly people who were concerned about coming to work for Steve Cohn here, which left the job open for you to ultimately take this job. What did you need to hear? To Because we haven't talked to you since you took this job. What did you need to hear to take the job? And how has it been working for Steve Cohn? Uh, I've, I've enjoyed it. I think I think Steve and I um, have have forged a pretty good, productive relationship. Um, look, I, when you're in this position, what you want is an owner who wants to win. Um, and an owner who is going to be supportive of baseball initiatives, um, an owner who cares passionately about the team and doing what's right. And, and Steve does all of that. And so uh, I, I think he has demonstrated that throughout his ownership tenure. He certainly uh, articulated that uh, during our conversations towards the end of the summer and into the fall. Um, and he's held true to that uh, since I've, I've taken the job and, um, and I've worked for him. And, and so I, I've enjoyed it. Um, I think he's a really good owner and, and, uh, I'm looking forward to, to continuing to work for him and, and hopefully collectively, um, we can build a lot of success. When Steve bought the team, he said he'd like to win the world series in, in the first five years. So, uh, next year, the following year, uh, 2025 w- would be the, the fifth year. So I don't know if there's extra pressure on there or, or not, but, uh, obviously, as you mentioned, uh, when you go into free agency, there, there are no guarantees. You're going to get somebody you never be sure whether you're going to line up. I'm wondering, you, you guys won, you, you weren't here, but the team won 75 games last year. This year, you're, you expect to be competitive, but doesn't look like a Braves team or a Dodgers team that's going to be easier to lure free agents. Is there any concern uh, if you have another season? I'm not wishing 75 wins again, but uh, another season where you're not competitive, you're able to lure those free agents. I mean, I do think Alonzo loves being here, but there are other free agents uh, that you're probably going to go for because it does feel like the team is going to go for it in 2025. I I, I don't have concerns about um, luring free agents and, and bringing free agents and making this an attractive place. I, I To your point, though, I do think one of the things we have to prove is that we are going to win consistently year in and year out. And so everything we're doing from a strategic standpoint is setting ourselves up to to be able to do that. Um, And so you're right. We need to demonstrate that. Um, I believe we will. Uh, And and to some extent, it takes a little bit of time to lay the foundation um, to allow you to do that consistently and sustainably. 
Uh, David, I wonder if we could uh, drill down on your outfield. Uh, my two things I want to know is, is Brandon Nimmo now your left fielder? Uh, pretty much, except for if you have like an injury or Bader needs a day off. And what is what have you heard so far about how Marte has looked in Dominican and what that could mean for your 2024 club? Uh, so take the last one first. So uh, on Starling, um, he's feeling good. I think he's moving well. Um, you know, this is really sort of a mini ramp up for spring training for him. Uh, so I think this is a good first step. Uh, let's get it. Let's get him through this feeling good and and uh, running around a little bit. The next step is continuing that ramp up uh, in spring training and, and ensuring that physically uh, he's still in a good spot. And I think we think if we can keep Starling physically um, in a good spot that we're going to see the type of production that that he's capable of. Um, in, in terms of our outfield as a whole, um, I don't think we've made a decision yet that Brandon Nimmo is exclusively a left fielder. I think those are discussions that we're going to have um, in spring training uh, as our roster continues to come together. Some of that may become a little bit more apparent. Um, Brandon has, has continued to express that he's willing to do anything uh, to help the team. Um, and, uh, and so we'll continue to have those discussions with him and, and evaluate ultimately what's, what's best for the team as a whole. Um, Brett Beatty uh, had a big rep going into the last year and he had kind of an up and down, uh, season uh, last season, just wondering, uh, what kind of confidence you have in him, uh, you'd expect him to be the third baseman for the year. And also, uh, if you could highlight one or two of the other uh, young, even younger players, Jed Williams or whoever you think might help the team this year. Sure. So I'm Brett. Look, this was this is a very highly regarded prospect um, who had a lot of success throughout the minor leagues, and at periods in in his brief major league um, exposure ha has had some challenges. And that is not abnormal at all for young players. I think, in fact, it is um, the outlier young prospect who comes up and immediately performs at a high level uh, and sustains that uh, at the major league level. Um, I think more uh, of these guys come up, um, have some success, have some uh, struggles, um, at times go back to the minor leagues repeatedly, um, and then ultimately settle in as, as a good player. And I think that's what we believe Brett is going to be. Um, so I'm, I'm very much looking forward to being able to watch him a bunch this year. Um, we're going to give him a shot to play, and uh, and and I expect that he's going to learn um, and continue to to get better. Um, in terms of some of the other young position players we've got coming, um, you mentioned Jet Williams. Very excited about Jet. This is uh, you know a really good athlete, um, exceptional bat to ball skills, zone control, can play multiple positions at a high level. Those are all really unique skill sets, and when you combine them into one player, it's really exciting. Um, uh, yeah, Luis Angel Acuna, uh, who was acquired last uh, last trade deadline, another really uh, exciting young player who has the potential to play multiple positions, bounce around uh, the field and, and play multiple positions at a high level. Drew Gilbert, uh, another young position player, center fielder acquired last year, uh, who we're really excited about um, and will begin the year at AAA. And so I think those are, are at least a couple of the guys that at the upper levels of our system, we think have the ability um, to, to make an impact at the major league level, or at least break in to the major league level in the, in the not too distant future. You, you've covered uh, everything great as far as the uh, 2024 Mets. Uh, I'm not sure how much the fans are going to care about this, but while we have you, I thought I'd ask, uh, you were a writer at the Harvard Crimson. 
and uh, things are working out pretty well for you in terms of your career right now. Uh, how did you enjoy uh, that other job as a writer? And uh, did you see yourself uh, doing what Joel and I do? Uh, I can't ask you if you had any regrets because at this point it's pretty obvious there are no regrets, but uh, were you really on the path to being a sports writer? Um, so maybe I'm still on the path to being a sports writer. You never know. You never know what comes next. Um, look, I, uh, yeah, I, I've always enjoyed writing. I still enjoy writing. Um, and I love sports. And so it, it was sort of a natural extracurricular uh, for me to do in college. I really enjoyed it. Made some great friends doing it. Um, you know, got to uh, be part of, of a unique community on campus um, and learn different things about the publishing industry. I never really knew where it was going to take me, um, uh, but but I enjoyed it, um, and, and I'm certainly glad glad I did it. And maybe there's a maybe there's a second career in there somewhere for me down the road. I don't think so. You you don't want this as a second career. So we opened with Alonzo. We opened the hard uh, with the hardball. I can't let it end with the softball off the Hartford Crimson. Okay, so. Uh, last question here, David, is uh, what do you have real payroll con uh, constraints right now? Would you like to tell us what your payroll is going to be to open the season? And within those constraints, what is possible uh, the rest of this offseason? Look, I, I think from a payroll perspective, uh, I, I would expect us to have the highest payroll in baseball this year. Um, we're investing a tremendous amount in this team. Uh, Steve is always open uh to baseball initiatives to investments we're talking about all sorts of things all the time um so you know I, i'm not worried about payroll constraints um we've we've got we've got the big the highest payroll in baseball i'm not worried about payroll constraints well you know what it's like to live under payroll constraints right you've done this in milwaukee and mm -hmm. put together a contender so i'm sure you're not going to become a sports writer because you're not going to put together a contender <laughs> in new york right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Look, certainly our, our goal is to put together a, a team that's going to be consistently competitive and, and compete for championships um, every single year. And, and that is our long term strategy. We're going to stick to it. Um, and uh, and I'm confident we're going to be able to do it. David, uh, John and I do appreciate you joining us. We know uh, you, you had some struggles getting back uh, to New York because of what was terrible weather in New York the last few days. And this is a busy week. You got a couple of announcements that you're making official. We got arbitration stuff coming up. So uh, John and I appreciate you joining us on the show. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks, David. John and I, of course, thank David Stearns for joining us. John, hit or error this week. I'm going to go hit. Last week, I gave an error to the Cubs for doing nothing, and they're about to do something. And probably after when you see this, they've already got it done. Uh, Shota Imanaga will be signed by the Cubs. And uh, the reports right now are two years, $30 million, about thereabouts uh, on the guarantee, up to $80 million with all the other stuff, the escalators, options, and everything possible. There were reports he was going to get over $100 million. So I give the Cubs credit for getting this done. My understanding is there were other teams that were going to do higher on the guarantee. Uh, he obviously loves Chicago. Who doesn't? I love Chicago. Uh, and I think they're a good team, and I think they have uh, a really good rotation right now. In fact, they're a team that I think could even trade from that rotation. We talked about the Marlins and some of the other teams that may trade from the rotation. The, the Mariners could do it if they wanted to, but I think the Cubs are in a position now where they could trade from the rotation. But right now they're walk, working on the offense and potential free agents, probably Bellinger, Hoskins, 
Chapman. And uh, so I take back the arrow that I gave to the Cubs and I'm giving them a hit now. It's a uh, pulled back there. Uh, <laughs> we The official score, it changed it from an arrow to a hit. Uh <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know, I had heard his, I think I wrote it last week in our online column that I had heard his market had fallen from that $100 million and where exactly it was going to fall. You did a great job. There was always John kind of summarizing where that number ended up being. My, I'm going to do a hit this week. Uh, our colleague uh, at MLB Network, Jason Stark, was voted into a second Hall of Fame, the National Sports Media Association Hall of Fame class of 2024, heavyweight class. Joe Buck, Andrea Kramer, Tim McCarver, and uh, Roger Kahn who wrote The Boys of Summer. Uh, Jason was part of that that group. Uh, Jason is a wonderful guy, obviously terrific at what he does. And I'm going to be with him up in Cooperstown in a couple of weeks. We're doing the shows for, on the network from there. You know, give a little plug for that. Uh, leading into that Wednesday, I think it's the 23rd or 24th, Wednesday, 24th, maybe. That's um, uh, the announcement of the Hall of Fame. We'll be doing it for MLB Network. Uh John, as always, uh, we, uh, John and I want to thank Andrew Hart, Jake Brown, our producers who help us uh, each week with the show. Uh, Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast, give us a five-star ratings. Don't forget, we're on the YouTube Sports, uh, New York Post Sports page now. Give us a look. We're so handsome. Uh, me and John, John and I, me and John. John, that Northwestern education, where should I have gone there? Uh, uh... You can just leave it at John. Uh, John, yeah, just look at John. He's much better at this at everything than I am. So, no, uh, no. And also, I just want to reiterate, we mentioned this last week, the, the show's a finalist in the 2024 Sports Podcast Awards for Best Baseball Podcast. We need your votes. Uh, go to sportspodcastgroup.com, click Vote Now, and vote for the show under Best Baseball Podcast. Voting ends January 28th. You still got a little time. Give us a vote. It does help the show. Uh, gives us some publicity. Allows us to keep going. And John, uh, you mentioned there's a lot of free agents left. You know what? There's not a lot left. We've got five weeks to spring training. I'm sure we'll be talking about a lot of free agents moving towards there if you stick with us on the show with Joel Sherman and John Heyman.